You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdtoknowmedia.com. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's now time for our main event. Take a trip back in time to the golden era of the wrestling world with your host, Chris Tetrold Blaine. Welcome to Once Upon a Turnbuckle. Welcome back to another episode of Once Upon a Turnbuckle. And um, for this one, this is this is really something special because I can welcome in true British wrestling royalty, not just British wrestling. I think wrestling as a whole um, owes a lot to 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 this man and, and the guys he worked with. Um, anyone who was a, a, a fan of British wrestling sort of back in the 70s, 80s, 90s and are familiar with the, the days of world of sport will will know this guy um, and his name lives on you know is synonymous with what many people class as the golden era of British wrestling so I get to welcome in the Lancashire Lion Marty Jones welcome to the show mate how are you Chris okay I'm all good I'm all good yeah yeah it's been a it's, it's been been a busy weekend but but we're finishing it on the high so so it's all good, good. <laughs> how are you my friend well uh uh, I'm all right. In fact, uh, I'm actually convalescing at the moment. I've just had a bit of a... Uh, well, all my friends know, and people in the business. I've, mm. um, I didn't call it a day at wrestling, but people don't realise I started wrestling when I was six years of age. Wow. So I'm 67 now, believe it or not. Yeah. I feel about 25 in my head <laughs> and everything's all right. But That's all good. That's all good. The problem is... I had um, I needed an ankle fusion about three years ago, right. which is purely just through wrestling. Mm-hmm. As I said, I started when I was six years of age, and I went through the amateur ranks. Mm. In, in my eyes, that's where a lot of people should come through into the business, you know, yeah. instead of just trying this job off the street. But that's yeah. my view and a lot of other people's views. But time took its toll, and... I realised that I've been in the business 61 years now. Wow. So there's not many people that's been in that in the business worldwide that. No. So I've had six to eight trips to Japan. Mm-hmm. And when they kick you over there, they kick you. But you, you're, you're, you're allowed to kick them back. You give as good as you get. Yeah. I mean, you, you and your listeners will know when, when me and Rocco are, me and Finley, we got stuck into each other, you know what mm. I mean? So, yeah. anyway, I slowed down a bit and then I opened my wrestling school, the Squared Circle Academy, up in Oldham, the other side of Manchester. 
So that kept me going. And mm. a few things, I've always been involved with wrestling. So anyway, I needed an ankle fusion. But before I did the ankle fusion, it was like bone on bone. Oh, right. It sounds horrific. And it was, I had a gap, basically. Right. And the surgeons were amazed that I wasn't in a wheelchair. Anyway, he decided that he was going to do my opposite leg's knee. Right. Because he said the knee wouldn't support the ankle, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my right ankle was knackered. My left knee was all right. But anyway, I went for it and they did my left knee and there wasn't a problem at all. Yeah, that's good. After 14 months and after recovering from the ankle, um, you can imagine... I'm trying to make it interesting for your viewers, but you don't. <laughs> uh, sorry, you're listening. Well, what the problem was, when you was popular in our day, it's not like boxing where they have one fight a month or whatever, mm. every six weeks. Yeah. When wrestling was popular due to the fact that World of Sport TV was on our TV every Saturday afternoon, that was our shot window. Yeah. So if you had a bit of chemistry with people like Finley Rocco Regal and people like that and Owen Hart and all these foreigners that came here, because mm. a lot of foreigners came to this country to learn the business. Mm. You know, I mean, yeah. this is the place. And wrestling, I could wrestle 10 times a week oh, sometimes. Wow. <laughs> it was literally, traveling, literally like a full-time, full-time job then, really. Well, it was. It, yeah. it always has been. Yeah. And, and these people that they don't realize you're not doing five, six minutes like they're doing nowadays. Mm. Yeah. You look at any of my matches on YouTube with Rock on Finley and Colin Johnson and all these back row and all that. You were doing eight fives, championships, yeah. 12 yeah, yeah. five minute rounds. Yeah. Well, that's an hour. Yeah. You yeah. know, 60 minutes, you go for a walk for 60 <laughs> minutes and tell me how you feel. Never mind throwing <laughs> something about. But these are true facts that people miss. Yeah. Anyway, going back to the knee, somehow I got infection in it and wow. I nearly lost my leg. The infection was a high. Wow. Me and Johnny Saint went to Ireland and I couldn't move. No pain, nothing, just couldn't move. Right. So they drained it off and they gave me another knee, a complete new knee. Right. As soon as you put that in, that didn't work at all. So they gave me another one like 36 hours after. Right. So that's three new knees that I've. Wow. Because time's gone on and everything's done okay. It slowed me down. I'm starting to put weight on because I couldn't go to the gym and mm. had all these problems. But I still kept going to my wrestling school and I thought, you know what? Do I call it a day? No. Mm. I'll just pass my knowledge on to other people. Yeah. Now, my style is I'm trying to help the people out. I like watching the wrestling. I always have done any form of wrestling. But I've gone off a lot of the, not American stuff, don't get me wrong, but I do like the NXT UK brand. Yeah, yeah. Where they're trying to keep it, where it depicts two people basically having a fight. A fight. Yeah. And I do know, and, and, and your listeners must appreciate, that they're trying to keep it right. Mm. Wrestling's like fashion. Yeah. It comes round in a full circle. It's like in fashion, when the sun's out nowadays, it's boob tops and little miniskirts. <laughs> They've come back, which I'm glad to say. <laughs> but wrestling's the same. Yeah. And it's going back to, like I say, 
people getting stuck with it, getting stuck in. And what people don't realise, William Regal, Robbie Brookside, Johnny Moss, um, James Mason, all them guys are British. Mm. And they're training the stars of tomorrow, today and tomorrow. And they're the best there is with the best facilities. Yeah. We never had that. No. We never even had the wrestling gym. You, they're cropping up on every street corner now. Yeah. It does seem to be that way. Yeah. Yeah. And anybody off the street can be a wrestler. Yeah. Nowadays, I, you wouldn't. I, I very nearly, I've said this in a couple of previous episodes, I very nearly got to that point myself. I always wanted to be a wrestler. You know, regardless of, you know, I'm not built yeah. like one at all. You know, I probably would fit in more nowadays, but I was hours away from, from going. I was living in Stoke-on-Trent at the time, and I was hours away from going to Wigan on a Sunday afternoon, I think, to yeah. start a, a training school there. And I bottled it. I was like, I, you know, nerves, shyness, whatever. I was like, no, I, I, I don't. I, well, I, I know I won't I be mean, cut out for it. Yeah, well, Wigan, to be honest, is the hotbed of the amateur wrestling and shoot wrestling. Mm-hmm. And a lot of good wrestlers went there um, if they were allowed in because yeah. you couldn't just walk. I was very fortunate. I had a great uh, mentor in Billy Robinson who taught amateur and catch wrestling. Yeah. If you mentioned professional wrestling to him, he just knocked you bleeding head off. That was yeah. it. Because it was just... If anybody says, I want to be a wrestler, but I want that stuff you see on TV, you just mm. throw them out the door. Yeah, but it was always a good background. Yeah, and he took me over to Billy Riley's place once. I was only twelve, and well, the tales there—I mean, it's really a wooden. There's actually a clip on YouTube about it. Right. Uh, I only really put it on last week, to be honest. And, and and Billy opens the gym, and you get people like Bob Robin, who was Billy Joyce, and mm-hmm. all the Wigan guys, Jack Dempsey, and the wrestling on a mat and. Yeah. There'd be a big, uh, a big stove in the corner that was burning logs, and you got your ass branded on that if you wasn't <laughs> all good, you know. But there are great memories. But the thing is, as far as the pro jobs concerned, when Billy Robinson went to do his trips abroad to Japan and America, mm. I decided enough was enough of yeah. amateur wrestling, going for these little medals, and I was seventeen. I was quite successful. I got the British Championship the same year as the Munich Olympics. Wow. And let's get one thing straight. The amateur lads compared to them all over the world are just not in the same league. I mean, when the Russian yeah. lightweights come out, they're as, the lightweights are as big as our heavyweights, if you know yeah. what I mean, the necks on them and the legs. Yeah. Anyway, I decided to give this wrestling lark a bit of a go because I'd Got a good amateur background. Yeah. And because Billy had taught me, they accepted me quite well. And there's a great guy, the original Bulldog, um, Colin Johnson, and uh, a load of guys from Wigan and Billy Robinson's cousin, hmm. Jack Robinson, and we used to train. And I, I was well liked. I, I didn't come off the street corner like a lot of them. They knew that this kid could have something, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. So it was great to be honest, and uh, I'd only been wrestling six months, and I got an offer to go to Mexico. Okay. Wow. Which, well, that was. You know, how the hell do we get to Mexico? I don't can't drive. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to get there. Anyway, mum and dad came along, and 
I, I went to Mexico and I should have been there for six weeks. I stayed there for three months. Wow. And I was, for, and I was fortunate to wrestle Pedro Aguayo, who was like a living legend. Yeah. Sadly passed away. And if anybody says to me, what's your biggest crowd? All right. It was a good card, but mm. I was top of the bill because I beat Pedro Aguayo. Wow, okay. In a, a match before. We had some good chemistry. Yeah, yeah. I've got all the cuttings to prove that these people think you're talking bullshit. If you talk bullshit, you've got to back it up, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I beat Pedro Aguayo. And if you get beat in Mexico, if you're top of the bill, you've got to have your hair cut or the mask has to come off. Yeah, okay. So yeah. We did a runner. Oh, basically. right. So they all said, where is he? Anyway, it was to do a G. And the next thing is, the next big show, it was at the Arena Mexico. I've got the date in my diary. It was 1977. Uh, I was top of the bill with about six other championships on the, in ethers, hmm. like the great Santos, Mil Mascaras, all oh, these wow. big names yeah. were underneath me and Pedro. And the heat, it was like, is he going to beat him again? Is Pedro going to have his hair cut? Mm. Well, actually, we drew 33,000 people. Wow. And this this was when, 1976, did you say? Seven, 77. That, that's a serious crowd back then. And it was serious money. Yeah. Because don't forget the poverty over there. It was only like 20 pence, 10 pence to get in. Mm. But 33,000 people. And I ended up, and I don't want you to tell the tax man, I ended up with £998 all them years ago. Wow. And when I came back, my dad took it off me. And he, we put a deposit on a house. Oh, okay. I was going to say, you owed it to him, did you? Or... Yeah. So, well, actually, wow. I was coaching my wife at the time, and my dad said, well, how are you two? What are you going to do? Mm. You're always abroad. You're always on the cruise ships. Mm. So we made a deal that we wouldn't get married until later on, have no kids. Hmm. so he said right there's a thousand pounds that money I went hang on dad 998 quid's just gone wallop <laughs> he said you don't need it it's an investment hmm. and I put a thousand pounds down on a 13,000 pound brand new house at wow. the time Okay. and he said to my wife Pam who sadly passed away now he said uh, right he's bought the house this marriage thing it's a two way thing you pay the solicitor's fees and then you set up and that's what we did. I think okay. she paid about 33 pence or something for solicitor's fees, but <laughs> it, it was there. Yeah. Well, wrestling's always been good to me and lately, I mean, I, I could show you who was on on camera, but oh, my shelf yeah. is full of tablets. Yeah. I ended up having that operation for my fuse, like mm. And lo and behold, the infection came back on my uh, knee again. Right, okay. It, it was seriously fighting to save my leg, so it frightened me this time. Yeah. And um, they don't know why it keeps coming back, but I'm, I was on, I've been flat on my back for like eight weeks. Oh, wow. I've not had alcoholic drink for nine weeks no. um, due to tablets because yeah. if it comes back, it's told me I'm going to lose the leg. Which I don't, obviously. No. You, you know what I mean? So it's a bit frightening times, but 
I've started going back to the gym again. That's good. Uh, teaching, because I can sit down and tell them what to do. Yeah. I've got a good, happy band of people. And if I do see anybody, you know, yeah. male or female, kids or whatever, I can recommend them to uh, yeah. NXT UK and get them out there on some shows. So I think I'm doing something right. Absolutely. Know? I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll sort of, We'll take a trip throughout your career probably first, you know, for anyone who who is either familiar and, you know, just wants to to hear about it again or, or anyone who, who may not be familiar with yeah. yourself. We'll touch on a few points and then we'll bring it a little bit more up, um, current because, you know, you are playing a role in, in shaping the current and future products. Well, I just think so. You yeah, know, uh, absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, going back to, um, and so you made your debut in 1975 and you actually, you got your first singles championship in 1976 which was the british light heavyweight championship is that you right? say so to be honest <laughs> that's what i got written in front of me it. that's fine this was the, this was the start of your your notable feud with with uh rollable rocco yeah and what what was it do you think that made that so successful was there was that actual sort of was it just chemistry in the ring or was there real heat between you or, or what was it that made you two work together so well being honest, if I said I didn't like Rollerball Rocco, mm. I'd be telling lies because I admired him. And it happens. Mm. You get Jackie Palo and Mick McManus. You get Big Daddy and Giant Haystack. Steve Gray, Johnny Saint. Mm -hmm. Mick McManus. And you get the characters mm. in the business, but they all can wrestle. And what Rollerball did we came in the business virtually the same time. Now, he had a famous father. And his dad was Jimmy Hussey, so he came in that way. Yeah. And he didn't know whether he wanted to be a, a wrestler or a, he was an international show jumper, was Mark. Okay. So we, they didn't know which path to go. Anyway, he chose wrestling. Mm. Now, the thing is, he didn't look down on me or anything like that, but he was the guy... That had the designer clothes. He was the guy that had a TR7 car. Mm -hmm. He played the part of the playboy and yeah. he had a beautiful wife, a girlfriend there, and a, a lovely family that looked after him. And no, I'm not saying he had everything, but you know, he had a better start because his father was in the business. And, mm -hmm. So we was actually shooting for top spot, and it was one or two times with Rocco is you'd be resting away and right out of the blue, the best thing I could say is unexpected and erratic. He'd kick you in the back and leave you his laces print on the back <laughs> of your back. Wow. So the next thing is you get up and before you know it, you, you're actually chinning each other for real. Yeah. And the crowd saw that. Hey, these two are getting stuck into each other. <laughs> Plus the TV saw it. Yeah. Plus, when it was on TV, the whole managers wanted it. So I was actually wrestling quite a lot. Yeah. And I didn't hate Rollerball. In fact, I admired him. I wish I could be like that sometimes. But I'm the guy that had to get up in the morning, go to the meat market to make a living. Right, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it wasn't any bitterness. It was just that I was a bit jealous of him, really, because I thought, shit. Yeah, you know, tracksuit. He's got the suits on, and like I say, I was happy what I was doing. Don't get me wrong. 
Yeah. But before we knew it, there was a bit of friction there because we started wrestling for the belts. Yeah. And then one promoter would have you for one belt and another promoter for another belt. And and a lot of the top promoters, whether you believe it or not, I know they say I want him to win or him to win, but when two grafters get on together, mm. I should go on with Finlay. Yeah. And if I thought there was another match out of it, he'd probably win. Okay. To get another ma- another match out of it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Whether the promoter wanted it or not, and and the problem is we did that for business. Yeah. And then many a time, Rocco would say, "Well, I should have won there." Well, why didn't you? <laughs> well, I thought you. No. Could you could you call it in the ring back then? But you weren't you weren't necessarily. Or were you told this is what the result's going to be and you make it happen? Or, or did you have that ability to kind of just change the results? where you felt they needed to go. Oh, yeah. Many, mm. many times. That's why I was successful. That's cool. And, and the thing is, I was I was quite good at making somebody, and I'm, I'm, whether you think it's right or wrong, I could be on, a no, on with a novice and make him look good. Mm. But when yeah. the, the Pete Roberts, for arguing's sake, Terry Rudge, Colin Johnson, all them guys that could wrestle, Yes, we worked together. Yes, we told the story. Hmm. But we never went in the changing rooms and worked anything out or anything like that. Right. It was just a magical thing to do. I worked his arm, he worked my arm. Hmm. And then many a time, I remember going to Bellevue once. It was like iconic building in Manchester. Yeah. Uh, if you ever went to Bellevue, it was the place for Saturday night. Okay. You went to the fun fair, all the speedway was on. The dancing was on. That that was like a little mini mini Las Vegas of the north. Right. Zoo was there. It was a full day okay. out. But the ring was that hard. And it was 20 odd foot in them days. A proper old boxing ring. Yeah. And my dad had just bought me some wrestling boots. As true as I'm sat here talking to you, I'm on with Pete Roberts, mm. who was a, a really underestimated, fantastic, fantastic wrestler. Did really well in Japan. And he was good, hmm. clean-cut type of guy. And I looked at him, he looked at me, he said, just go and enjoy it. So we went in, and my dad had bought me these brand-new boots, and I remember having Lonsdale on the side of them. Hmm. And they had, like, a felt underneath um, sole. Right. And anyway, I put my foot up in the corner. He, he, he turned buckled me, and I put my foot up in the corner, hmm. spun round, put my foot on the floor, and my foot, slips on the canvas and I banged my head <laughs> and I was out I don't remember nothing yeah. apart from looking up at the big light over the ring with my arm raised okay <laughs> so I went back in the changing room I get this big cheer because I was the local lad and I said how did that happen you put your foot up in the corner and you turn around, your foot slips up your new boots. Yeah. You should always have resin on your new boots in them days. Right. And you slipped and bang your head. I said, no, not that. How did I get my hand raised? <laughs> and what Pete Roberts had done, he went to slam me as I'm like just about to collapse. Yeah. And rolled himself up in a ball into like the cradle. Right. Yeah. And the referees counted one, two, three. <laughs> And he said, well, you're local lad, he said. It'd have been better you winning. Wow. And I went to myself, 
And then I went on with a wrestler called Tony Charles. Mm-hmm. It was like a young kid going on with Tony Charles. Yeah. Well, because I'd come from a good school and they knew I could wrestle a bit, mm. right? Honest to God, well, not religious, but honestly, mm. I went on with him and he made me look a million dollars. He had me disappearing up my own ass and coming out <laughs> to the end. And I just don't know how he did it to this day. But then I used to go on with people and make them look good. I was going to say, is that something you picked up from those experiences that then you, you yeah, naturally because, wanted to carry on? You know, when you take an arm, there's so, only so much you can do with it. Yeah. But you can feed. If you've got half a brain, you can put somebody in an headlock. Mm. And you're like half turning yourself out, and then they'll twig it and they'll do it. Yeah. But you take it from me, and I've just proved it, ankle fusion, I'm on my fourth new knee, even the doctor at Oldham Royal did the week, and I'm not being racist when I say this, he comes, mm. an Asian guy, he said, oh, I see you have a problem with your leg. Like, oh, I'm not very good at taking Asian. <laughs> but anyway, he said, my friend tell me you're a wrestler. I said, yeah. Or maybe I Google you, which they did. Right. They all knew that, because they've got me notes and the this, that, and the other. Yeah. Because it was my hospital, Oldham, I only lived three miles from there. A couple of the patients on this ward. Hey, Marcy, you all right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, what you been doing? And then you knew them because they also had a pub in the town as well. Okay. But being a landlord, everybody seemed to know me. Yeah. And then this guy's gone, oh, that professional wrestling, it's all uh, fixed, isn't it? It's, it's not went, the best Sorry? direction to go when you're talking to a, a pro wrestler, really. Oh, so he says... That professional wrestling, it's all arranged and they don't get hurt, in it. <laughs> I've just had three new knees, an ankle fusion, and he's saying to me, is it bent? <laughs> and I just couldn't justify yeah. it. Now, we've had that a lot. Me yeah. and Rocco knocked shit out of each other at Kelvin Hall. And I had six stitches in my head at, from Hanley. Mm. But I hit my head on the turnbuckle. Now, Rocco, believe it or not, and it's a true story, I was on with him at the Kelvin Hall. It was packed. And I turnbuttled him, and he straddled the turnbuttle with his legs. Mm. So, in other words, he hit his private parts in the yeah. middle bit. Yeah. And the turnbuttle itself wasn't... It, it was a hook that hooked onto a hook. And instead of being the hook looking up north or south, he was yeah. looking at the side. Mm-hmm. So Rocco went in and he hooked his leg up at the back of the knee. Yeah. On the honestly, it was just taking like a piece of beef off a, a beef hook at the meat market. He's getting, I'm having my stitches taken out. He's having his put in. And then they said, Oh, that wrestling's a joke, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and you I... just feel like sorry, go on. No, I was gonna say I know I know what. I know what people mean, I suppose, what, you know, when they say things like that, you know, the results are predetermined. I think that's got even more obvious and even more, you know, documented lately in the last 20 yeah, years. Yeah, but that's so. why ours wasn't. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say back in these probably days. probably surmise the good guy is going to win. Mm. But when the bad guy wins, don't forget, when we had, we had 10 champions, 
Mm. We all respected the belts. Yeah. There were 10 British champions, for arguing sake. Mm -hmm. So, if Rocco had beat me or Finley beat me or something like that in a non-title fight, Mm. We knew the producers would like the championship. Yeah, I lost once or twice to Rocco and I, I could have won. Yeah. But I'm telling you, sometimes when Mark didn't want to lose because he thought he could earn money with the belt, and mm -hmm. I thought I'd win more than him, and yeah. I wanted to work the belt, there was a bit of heat and friction there. Yeah. It's, it's, I guess, answering, just... Yeah, answering your question... Mm. There's many times. Who am I on with? Mm. Oh, you're on with him over there. Oh, you're on with um, Colin Johnson. Oh, mm. right, okay. Mm. That was it. Left yeah. it to us. We did the best for the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because every crowd was different. Yeah. Every town, every mm. all, and there was also the time you was on with people who thought he could beat you. And it was a bit cocky and a bit arrogant. And they didn't sell your stuff when you whacked them. Yeah. Well, they certainly sold it the next time you whacked them. Because <laughs> that was the business. We protected the business. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, I mean, jumping forward a little bit here um, to sort of the more current day, do you think, or, or what do you think there is, because obviously the scene has changed massively, what do you think is missing compared to what you guys had sort of in, in the way that you performed? the way the match has acted out. Is there anything glaringly obvious to you that, that is missing these days? Well, we never had script writers. Mm. So I could quite easily turn around and say, look, what do you need script writers for? Mm. I could yeah. quite easily turn around and say, why do you need all them cameras? Mm. We had one camera or two cameras filming the lot of us all yeah. day. Yeah. Now then, I was I was going to say that's quite odd actually because I um because I when I got into wrestling I think World of Sport had had finished for that time it wasn't something that I I right. had to look yeah. at when I was growing up so I've I've really sort of gone back in time like nowadays and sort of seen it and I wasn't sure whether I was watching some of it was like fan footage because yeah it's just from one angle which growing up in the era that I did was was quite strange like you say. Um, you only had that one and you literally just did everything you could in front of that one camera without, you know, different angles making it look more effective or whatever. And uh, probably an art in itself, to be fair. Yeah, but also, you know, that's why I like the WNXT brand mm. because they're on with people that look the part, girls, I, uh, I admire the what's it at the top. Mm. When I look at um, now, this is somebody who's in the business and protects the business. Mm. I don't get it. WrestleMania and things like that, because I'm old school. Yeah, now I can watch um, some of the guys wrestle. I do get the old Colgan bit of it. Mm -hmm. I do get the the Charlotte Flair bits, yeah. the good wrestlers and the workers and all these new kids coming through. I get all that. Mm. But I'm just getting sick and tired lately and I've made my voice um, heard. Mm. I haven't seen a proper wrestling match yet where somebody wins. There's always somebody from outside interfering. Yeah, yeah. People got 
jewelry on, wedding rings. Mm. I mean, she's a great asset to the to the business. That um, Ripley girl. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. For all the costumes full of stubs and everything. She's going to rip some of shreds one of these days. Yeah. And everybody's flying out of the ring. Nobody's doing anything different. But them that are, right? Mm. I always say to people like you, what's your standout, standout move, uh, moment in American wrestling, past or present? Just trying now, to narrow it down the wall. Because yeah. you've not actually, say, you're the new era, not gone back in time. Mm. You know? Yeah. You've got to move with the times as well. Yeah. And I get it. Sporting entertainment. Yeah. I get it. Not a problem. Yeah. But when Charlotte Flair or Ric Flair comes out of that changing room down that ramp, even the gown, it mm. looks world class. Yeah. Nowadays, yeah. it's a baseball cap, a lollipop, and a string vest. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. The um... Johnny's saying, and I'll tell you something, I might get in trouble for this. Talking about wrestling. All right, I get the sport and entertainment of it. Yeah. These wrestlers on that bill and the American scene, I mean, I speak to him a lot. He's a lovely guy, mm. Cesario. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right? The Miz. There's one guy there, Zolf, Zolf Zidler. Mm -hmm. He yeah. can call what we call in the business screwed a lot of them. Yeah. Because he was a college wrestler. You see what I'm getting at? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now then, having the background. I, I, I get Bobby Lashley. I get the size of him. Mm. Brock Lesnar. You've got to have you. In our day, we had our cowboys and Indians, and they're doing the same. Yeah. yeah. But I think you've just got a bit OTT on some of these pay for views. Where they're on top of a wagon or they're digging a hole and they're throwing somebody down and getting a digging and coming up with soil. Yeah. Or they'll go in the back of an ambulance and they'll blow it all up. Gimmick matches. Yeah, it's, but yeah, there's yeah. still a lot of good content in it. Yeah. But I haven't seen anybody. Right? Yeah. Now, I'm not bothered who listens to your podcast or whatever. And somebody may listen to this and they say, I'm talking up. Through my ass, or I'm giving too much away. No, I'm entitled to my opinion, and that's it. Yeah, but the problem I've got is professional wrestling, right? Have you any grandchildren, by the way? Me, no, right? Not yet. Have you any children? Yes, I got two, right? Yeah. And I don't want to ask their age, but when there's kids, right? Mm. Do you believe in Father Christmas yourself? I not anymore, no, but as long as they do, that's you know, yeah, I didn't that, ask that question. <laughs> but do, uh, do you no, believe, do you believe no, in Father Christmas? No, I don't, no, you don't, no, right? But when your children are three and four year old, you tell them there's no such thing as Father Christmas, yeah, I know, you just and don't that do professional wrestling is exactly the same, yeah. Do they get hurt? Nah, yeah. no, they don't. Well, they do. Yeah, I mean, what what you do in the ring is still real. It's not you know CGI or anything well, like no, that. Well, no, it isn't because you know? it's all pre-planned. It's all done. This, it's yeah. not the mm. finish might be or whatever yeah. or the result. Yeah. And the people that are working things out, 
how many people build somebody up, get beat one, two, three, then somebody else challenges him? Yeah. In other words, tell stories. Yeah. Yeah. And the, I tell my students, right, the only way, unfortunately, and I know this man personally, mm. there's no Andre the Giants anymore. They've just introduced yeah. this um, big black lad with AJ Styles. Oh, yeah, I know, I know what you mean. Yeah. Mojo, or whatever his name is. I don't know what it is. Yeah, no, I'm not sure. I don't really keep up right? with that much, but, but I know him, yeah. He's massive, and I met him personally in the performance centre because Matt Bloom has kindly invited me, along with Regal, hmm. and one of my guys, Rich Holland, Yeah. he was training there. And I went down to the performance centre. And it was an honour to be there. It was frightening. Goosebumps. Yeah. And I thought to myself, Jesus Christ, I wish I could have done this. Right. They haven't got one ring. They've got seven rings. Wow. Okay. The, the equipment and the people that you look up to and things like that. And I thought, it, oh, and it, you've got to admit, it's a multi-billion, not million, yeah. billion pound business. Yeah. So they're doing something right. Yeah. But the answer to your question is whether you believe it or you believe it not. Mm. WrestleMania this year was done a bit of a difficult time with the pandemic and that. Yeah. But do you know how much? Do you, I bet you don't know, but do you know how much the top VIP ticket was? No, I'm guessing. I don't know if I, I heard it was like two and a half grand, something like that. Am I? Bang on. Yeah. Two and a half grand. Yeah. Well, that gave you permission to go all. To the little town shows as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The sort of Two and a half grand. It probably cost you that to get there and back. Yeah. <laughs> and now I know top. for a fact that if you say wrestling is on uh, Raw or SmackDown, it's on in Manchester mm. in twelve months' time. It's already sold out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's always a, especially and since that's it's because you've got TV. Now yeah. when we was on TV, we had our price of fame. Yeah. We used to have 14 to million, 14 to 16 million people watching it every Saturday. Yeah. They got the coupon out ready. But the good thing for us, oh, you see him there? Yeah. That's that lad with the lazy eye who wears glasses. It was on last week with Rocco. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, he's on with Finley. Guess what? He's on down the road. Should we go and watch it? Yeah, let's go. Now, when I walked out, you got Rocco raring up. <laughs> I walked out. I looked like a gynecologist. <laughs> but when they went back in the bar afterwards, you're a good wrestler. Yeah. Because I could wrestle. Yeah. When yeah. you get two people, sometimes three people, and unfortunately, whether it, it's gone more on the indie show type of thing, right? Mm. The spectators, we need them. The fans, we need them. Yeah. They buy and sell the merchandise. Maybe I'm taking it too serious, but at the end of the day, it's still a sport with entertainment in it. That's yeah. why I look at it. Yeah. Yeah, you'll never take that sport element out of it, no matter how much. You might have... Well, not, with, not when we're getting people... Like NXT UK, mm. and then all of a sudden, I watched that girl, uh, Belair, as she called her. Yeah, long Belair. Hair. yeah, yeah. And I, I looked at it from a wrestler's point of view. Why have they never pulled that girl's hair? Mm. 
Then lo and behold, they do it at WrestleMania. Because that's what I'd have done. Yeah. If you've got a beard on, I'd grab your beard. You know, things like that. Well, it's kind of quite old school tactic, uh, like antics. That That's what I'm trying to say. It's yeah. coming back again. Yeah. And yeah. people are starting to believe, hey, them two. Yeah. Did you see them? Now, there were some great matches. Yeah. And there were some shit matches in my eyes. Yeah. But the chemistry, they've got it right. Well, that's, I that's... didn't get that bit when Ric Flair was having a pop with the Charlotte Flair. Hmm. And the, the girl, see, I don't know the name, the half of them, so you tell them, that, um, no, there's this girl, she was a Marine at one time. Right. Um, Lacey Evans. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah, no, I have heard about this angle. Yeah. So she has a bit of a fling with Ric Flair. <laughs> and he's getting involved in all her matches. Yeah. And I'm thinking, come on, let's, you yeah. know. Yeah. It's... But Under the Giant, you see, I spent a lot of time with Under the Giant. And I looked up in awe, mm. and everybody knew who he was, whether you like wrestling or not. Yeah. Unfortunately, we don't have a lot of them anymore. No. Giant A-Stacks, who used to take around with me all the time, Big Daddy. Mm. You say Big Daddy was a joke. I'm telling you about Big Daddy. He was a lifeguard. He could wrestle, right? He was a bit of an hard man and a tough nut. Mm. It was his brother that made him Big Daddy, who's a star's favourite. And when I had A-stacks in my car, he'd be asleep by the time he got off the car park. And you're <laughs> going to do two, three hundred miles with him leaning on your shoulder. I was gonna, that's going to be one of my obvious questions, actually, because, you know, British wrestling, the first two, whether you're a wrestling fan or not, the first two that spring to mind, obviously, is Big Daddy and Giant Haystacks. What were they like to be around in the ring and out? In the ring... I was only Big Daddy's tag partner a lot because he always had like a young lad or yeah. Danny Collins or somebody's partner. That was the chemistry there. Mm-hmm. Right? And you've got to realise that the promoter was his brother. Right, yeah. His other brother was the referee. Okay, family business. Correct. Yeah. Right? Now, if he was fortunate enough to be a good wrestler or popular, you could work for six promoters that was his... That, came under the banner of joint promotions. Mm. Okay. Now, Max Crabtree, he ran up north and he put you on the shows because of the chemistry he had with people mm. or even if he had no chemistry, he knew it'd be a good match. But then he'd also have the big guys and people say, around that big daddy, he was a balloon, money. Yeah, well, that, that guy sold Wembley out mm. three times. Right. So without him, we wouldn't have got paid. No. They weren't going to see me. But I'm saying that afterwards at the bar, oh, you're a great wrestler. That's what wrestling's all about. And he mm. was a good match with Pete Roberts. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But everybody's got a, a role. Cat Weasel. You know, his proper name was Gary Cooper, believe it or not, like the actor. <laughs> okay, yeah. And he, he went in with the, the Essian sack thing and the beard and a little frog. And he looked like Cat Weasel, so he stuck okay. with it. Now, when he was Gary Cooper, nobody knew him. No. But all the kids knew him because of the frog. Yeah. But the good thing about the British wrestling, they had a, somebody on to bore him to death, a good wrestling match. Yeah. On top of the bill, a comedian or a comedy actor send them home happy. Yeah. And people did get a one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's horses for courses. 
and nobody will ever knock it to me worldwide. It's, it's been a great business for me, but yeah. the modern day, and it'll come back again. It's doing great. I mean, mm. there's some girls and guys on there for that NXT UK. Mm. I mean, if you ask me who my favourite wrestler at the moment is, it's somebody you've probably never heard of. I mean, I like Cesario. Yeah. Now, it's... the reason why he's not getting the big push is because he's from Switzerland. Okay. What does he like? In, what does he like in Switzerland? The old <laughs> and cycling, and that's it. <laughs> yeah. But they like wrestling, so they get. I mean, they've just done a TV deal. Well, it's 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 not in doubt. They've signed it. Mm. They finally got into India. Oh, now yeah. India's massive. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So can you imagine how many viewers that's going to have once yeah. it gets going? But unfortunately, it's come under the pandemic thing now because yeah. they're having it tough. So everything's on hold. Our British wrestling with the Americans, we've been put back 18 months Yeah. because nobody's been allowed to train, nobody's allowed to do this, that, and the other. Mm. Now then, the next question I've got to think to myself, are people going to stop in and watch it on telly rather than go to the live shows? Well, I've just been this morning to try and book some of the, the local halls. Mm. And I was amazed. They, they welcome us with open arms. Yeah. And now yeah. they've had to turn around and say, I say, what date can I have on Friday or a Saturday? Or you can't, you can't have that one because we've got a, uh, a wedding on. Yeah. But the next four Saturdays or the next six Fridays, you're all right. Oh, you can't have that date because it's Easter. And that's how it used to be. Yeah. They've told me today they've no dates free till wow. the end of the year. Wow. And I said, why is that? He said, because nothing's been happening. People want to go and out. They've, they've, what a lot of people are doing when this pandemic's over Hmm. They're having Billy's 18th birthday and they're having the wedding anniversary and they're having the, yeah. the wedding. Yeah. And going ahead with them and yeah. rebooking them. Got you. See what I'm saying? Yeah, I was kind of thinking maybe it was, I mean, in, in terms of what you were saying about will people go to the live events or stay in and watch it? I think for live events, I, for one, have just been so desperate to get back out there in that atmosphere again. I think once these, shows, we? once these shows are actually on, if you can book them, obviously, um, yeah. getting the crowds, I don't think, well, personally, I don't think it'll ever be an issue now because people well, have been deprived of it. The only thing that they won't do if they haven't got the money. That's true, yeah. I just hope that the promoters don't get greedy and say, oh, let's double the price or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they, they need to get themselves show. Well, I'll yeah. tell you what's got to happen. The wrestlers themselves... I've got to give quality shows. Yeah. And this is coming back to the original question. If I was on with somebody, or there were some hard men in our game, mm. and if you don't reach the mark, they used to splash you all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. Because they were defending the business. I remember my second match, I was on with Tony Charles, and I put, you'll know it as like um, a sharpshooter. Yeah. Yeah. And I put that on and a guy got out of it. Right. This wrestler called Abe Ginsberg came to me after the things. Can I have a word? I said, yeah. 
and I shit myself. Thought I'd look this this guy was a proper booze fighter. You know what I mean? Not yeah. yet right off his shoulder. Right. He was an hard man. He put his finger out. He said, "You've come into the business the right way, but now you're in the business. If you ever put that sharpshooter on again, or that hole he called it, mm. and you let the guy kick out of it, I'll rip your head off." <laughs> Right. And I thought he was taking the piss. I said, why? That's my finish. I was about when to I say put, that, yeah. When I put that on, nobody kicks out of it. Now, you just put it on with a skinny kid and he just kicked out of it. I tell you what, I didn't put it on ever again. No. You know what I mean? It's, it's funny you should mention that, actually. So one, one little uh, thing I wanted to circle around, actually, you touched on at the beginning about... Back in back in those days when the the the, the guys would come overseas from overseas to wrestle yeah. over here, so obviously I, I I've seen your match that's on YouTube with you and Owen Hart, which is you know it's is is probably my favourite era of Owen Hart as well. I mean he was fantastic towards the end, but that really early yeah. era I thought he was fantastic he was magic. wrestling. Yeah, you also um en route to so the early eighties en route to winning I think the world mid, mid heavyweight championship you were involved in a tournament where you actually defeated a young Bret Hart in the semi-finals. Yeah. Do you, was that the, the only time you worked with him or were there other, other times? No. Do you remember anything? Don't forget I was on my travels then. Mm. Because what happened when you was in, say, Mexico, somebody from Germany would see you. Mm. Now, Europe in them days was good for our guys. You could get in your car mm. and if you was at whole docks, five o'clock, get a six o'clock ferry hmm. through the night, you could be in Germany the next day. So then you was in Germany at the European tournaments. They did 10 days at a time. Right. And uh, you went to Spain and St. Peter's and places like that. Hmm. And they ran tournaments in a yeah. big tent. So all these big stars over Europe, They'd have one look at you and say, hey, would you like to come to Spain? Would you like to come here? Would you like to come there? Mm. Because it was, it was wrestling was worldwide. Yeah. So that's where you got a lot of work by doing that. Mm. But, and you're wrestling different people. What happened with me and Owen? A lot of people don't know this and it doesn't matter to me. Mm. But when a guy from, you mentioned Wigan, John Foley, a dynamite kid, yeah. They worked for Stu Hart, who was the father of the Hart Foundation and all that. Yeah. And they had a great organisation there. and They had Stampede Wrestling. Mm -hmm. Well, I was proud to say I was part of that. Okay. Wow. And I was a British Bulldog before Davy Smith because mm -hmm. me and Dynamite tagged together. Only briefly, but it was that time when they were kids. Yeah, yeah. I was a bit older than them, right? But... Yeah bullied by a few years but the good thing is I was either on with Brett Keith, Smith Owen hmm. Hearts nearly every other night Right. Okay. We did what they call the loop Yeah. where you travel, wrestle, travel, wrestle had some fun times, some dodgy times and some bad times and, hmm. but it learnt you the business you know yeah, yeah, yeah and I'm pleased to say I'm still friends with Harry Smith yeah. Davy Boy, obviously. Yeah. Me and Brett don't. We had a bit of a discussion, and 
he got the wrong end of the stick and we don't speak to each other now, unfortunately. Okay. I haven't fell out with him, but I think he's fell out with me, but that's, okay. you got to move on. Yeah, yeah. But all the rest of the family, Natalie and, 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 and Harry Smith are very good friends. Uh, and a few things have happened since then. But yeah. you have to know the people you're dealing with. Too. But the good thing is I wrestled Owen and Brett a, a good few times. That's brilliant. And if I tell you the true tale, Owen was coming to this country only a short time, for a week or whatever. Mm. And he, he got into London and the weather was bad. And he should have been coming from London to Manchester. But Manchester Airport was shut. Right. We are doing a TV show. And we was wrestling at King George's Hall in, in Bradford, of all places. Right. Well, Bradford, from Manchester Airport, is only half an hour away, 45 minutes at the most. But the weather in Bradford was far better than what it was in Manchester Airport. Right. So there was a delay, and he got the flight from London to Bradford, where a taxi picked him up. And it was only a matter of 20 minutes. Right. But what happened in World of Sport days, they did three matches, which would go out on the Saturday. Hmm. And if he was match number two, so it'd be one, two, and three, hmm. if he was match number two, he was top of the bill okay. on that Saturday. Yeah. And then if he was four and fifth match, if he was fifth match, he was top of the bill the following week. Yeah. So the middle match was top of the bill. Mm-hmm. And I was second on. The wrestling started. The first match has gone in, and Owen's not even here. <laughs> no. Okay. So they said, right, we're going to put you on fifth. In other words, the following week. Because all yeah. they do is film it and put it in the can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because at one time, it used to be live. Then it, because of football and the new producer, anyway, it doesn't matter. Hmm. So I then, I'm waiting, waiting, and waiting. We've had the interval, and on the fourth match, he's still not there. Right. <laughs> but you're uh, getting a little bit so tense. The next by that thing moment. is, we always had a standby match, and he said, we can't put the standby match on. But if, he does, if he's not here for the fifth match, I said, why can't he go on sixth? He said, because that's the match they always chop and change if they need the time. Anyway, he mm. arrived and he had enough sense to put his gear on in the taxi. Oh, wow. And I swear to you, on my daughter's life, how are you? Oh, what a nightmare trip. Hey, Marty, it's good to see you. Uh. I hear you. I'll call you. My heart, my music's on. <laughs> Simply the best. So I go in the ring, he went in the ring, and I've not wrestled him for at least two, two and a half years prior to that. Right. And body language, called a few shots out in the ring. The crowd were fantastic. Mm. They showed it all. And he's such a good grafter. What yeah. I mean by that, I was putting myself into holes. I knew what his hot spots were. I, you know what mine was. Mm. And when you corner posted somebody, they either went in like normal or did something crazy to make you look good. Mm. And it just ticked. And Ken Walton, believe it or not, who was the voice of wrestling, as you said, as you know, mm. 
And I don't want to sound big-headed, but it was true facts, and I'm proud of the fact because I can actually sit here and tell you. Yeah. Ken Walton, if you listen to the match, he said, this is one of the best matches I've ever commentated on. Now, don't forget, he was on there for 25, 30 years. Yeah. So I think it was 33 years. Every Saturday, going into people's homes. Like, yeah. And... He just said that. Now, if Ken, Walton, if Ken Walton said, oh, Marty Jones takes his leg off now and hits him over the head with the soggy end, the old-age pensioners and the disabled people and all these people that loved our game and yeah. believe it. Yeah. Right. And that shot me up another another level, no end, because Ken Walton always spelt, spoke highly of me when I was on TV. Mm. And whatever he said was gospel. And then Finley came along, and then a few championships came along. And that's what got my platform, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's where, when, the, when the commentators had the power to get, get people oh, over, yeah. as they say. Yeah. Well, it's like now, you know, he's, he's a great guy, uh, Nigel McGuinness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, he'll say, oh, this guy, uh, Saxon Uxley, Sam Gradwell, or this girl, or this guy, has actually come from the Mighty Jones Academy. It's surprising. The week after, I get one or two people saying, "Is any can, can I come to your academy?" Wow. And even if Regal tells them that I trained him, yeah, all he's got to say is, "Yeah, without Mighty Jones," and I don't ask him to. No. But if they say it, it's surprising how many inquiries I get. So, so let's let's on that point nicely segued in. Then let's talk about William Regal. And you are the guy um, mainly responsible and credited with with training him. How how did you discover him? How did he come to you? And and just you know any memories of those early days of yeah. sort of getting him started? Basically, when I, when they say did I train him, the answer to the question is no, I did train. He was already in the business as a young kid, right? Mm-hmm. And what happened? He lives in Blackpool. And in Blackpool, he used to be a really great promoter and a nice guy. And he used to run some shows in Blackpool on the on the Pleasure Beach, basically. Mm. And um, he, how can I put it? Where in the summer season, they used to one or two of them used to be planted people, and they were wrestlers. Mm-hmm. In an audience, and he would challenge him. He'll he'll wrestle this guy for twenty five quid. Yeah. And then you get somebody say, "I'll have a go." He'll say, "No, you're too small, you lad." Then somebody, a big guy, and say, "Well, I'll have a go." Him. Do you honestly think you'll last two guys, two rounds with this guy? <laughs> yep. All right, come on in, have a go. So he would go in, hmm. but he was actually a wrestler. Right. The crowd didn't know that. Right? Mm-hmm. Drew McDonald was the best because he was a big lad and he's Scottish. Aye, I'll go with him. I'll rip his head off and all that <laughs> shit. But he thought he was a drunk Scotch guy. But the thing is, as you're walking in, Bobby Barron's taking a fiver head off them all. <sighs> and William Regal, Darren, his first name is, mm-hmm. started doing a bit of this. No, I didn't do it. Not saying it was right or wrong, but I wasn't in that. I was busy enough with me wrestling. Yeah. Right? Now, whether it's right or wrong, you learn your wrestling. Hey, you come up against something that can 
have a proper go at you. You understand what I mean? Yeah. And I thought this kid's wasted, right? Because one, he had the looks, blonde hair, blah, 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 blah. And I had a gym in Oldham. And it was my auntie's equestrian centre. And it was all bales of straw and chickens and and shit all over the place. And Max Crabtree, who was Big Daddy's promoter who we talked about before, yeah. if he saw some big guys like wagon drivers on the M6 or whatever, or like a Jeff Capes or something like that, he used to give him a card. Right. You ever fancy becoming wrestling and wrestling Big Daddy? Go to this gym, unknown to me. And all these big guys would turn up, and we'd end up having to smash them about a bit, you know, because we thought he'd come knocking and Finley. He used to come to the gym now and again. Right. And yeah. you want to see him have some of them. Just, you couldn't get in the ring at half of them. They were that big. But the next thing is we were knocking them out because we didn't know who they was. No. But then Big Daddy's brother said, what would he be like to go and bounce off Big Daddy and all this? So he's all right and so he'd get a job. But going back to Darren coming in the business, I thought mm. he was wasted. Mm. And we got him with joint promotions promoters. Mm. The rest is history. He started, he started being Big Daddy. He was a good-looking lad, young. Mm. Yeah. He was ideal for Big Daddy's thing. But I thought he was wasted. And to be fair, I used to get the bus and come over from Blackpool. That was 100 mile mm. on the bus. And you think he's got something, this kid. He really has. And he learned quick and he had it. But deep in his, there was something deep in his mind that I could, there was, whether it was, he was caught for the job, he had the looks, he had everything, but he always wanted to be on stage, did Darren. Okay. He wanted to be another Tommy Cooper. Okay. He wanted to be a comedian. And all his friends, I mean, we have two friends in Oldham, sadly one's just passed away, Cannon and Ball. Mm. Well, he knew all these comedians and all these artists for when he was at Blackpool, you see. Mm. And he was involved with that. He's involved with a lot of magicians and people like that. He still is. Yeah. very friendly with them all. He's very friendly with a lot of the artists that perform in Blackpool for the summer seasons. Mm. Well, as far as wrestling is concerned... He had it in his head that it was just starting in America. And I actually thought he would have been a very good ring announcer. Yeah. I thought he'd be good. Anyway, he took it on board. He trained. He left these country. Now, some people ask me this on podcasts. Did he pay his own fare over to be there? It wouldn't have surprised me. Wow. Okay. Which happens. Yeah. But I don't honestly know. And I've mm. never asked him, and it's not for me to ask him anyway. Mm. But whatever he's done, he's done it very, very well because he's very mm. highly thought of. Mm. Yeah. Now, there's I... something there that he can see on, in somebody. You know, I could take an old tramp off the street. Mm. But, if had a, but if he's had a sporting chance, an ex-rugby player or footballer, William Regal thing, let's spruce him up a little bit. Let's get him in the gym and let's yeah. do it. And he can see things on it. And he's yeah. very good at speaking. That's where I know he'd have been a good comedian come speaker. Well, I, was... I think everybody knows who William Regal is. That's the main thing. When I was growing up, I used to make, so I, um, 
my main my main era when I was growing up was obviously the nineties, and I yeah. remember when he went into WCW as Lord Stephen Regal. I yeah. could not stand the character. He did it that well. Exactly. That, that I I I I really had a distaste for him, and his wrestling style did not fit with anything else because it was a typical British wrestling style. And yeah. whereas well, I didn't I, like it, I'm just I, struck you there. Yeah. If you'd have added the word in, there's one word that I added to all my students that come to my gym. Mm. Right? Be different. Yeah. Do different stuff. Yeah. As I said, we haven't got any under the Giants with three heads or anything like that. People know. Yeah. Right? Well, if you could, that, that ring is your shot window. Yeah. Dial. And there's another guy who used to really piss me off. And when he walked down that ramp, I felt like punching him on the nose of a cricket bat or something. <laughs> right? Yeah. And I do it to this day. That Chris Jericho that later on in his, his career. Yeah. But you know when Vince McMahon comes down the ramp and he does all that swinging around? Oh, yeah, down, yeah, yeah, yeah. That pisses me off too. But that's his unique style. Yeah. And Regal's before all of them, even his, that's, I can see him now with that smirky look in his face. Yeah. Where one eye would go up and shut one eye and the other yeah. eye would go down the floor. And yeah. Put his hands behind his back. That's it, like yeah. When he, when he did the Lord William Regal. Um, yeah, yeah, he was, yeah. You couldn't take away from him. The main thing was he could wrestle. And, and this was it. I, I may have disliked him as a character, but I was so mesmerised with his style. Yeah. Even yeah. though it was so different, it didn't feel almost like comfortable seeing him up against how some of the other guys at the time were wrestling. But I, I was so captivated because he was different. And, and he, he could have himself. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I've, I've come to respect him, you know, that early run in WCW, which, like I say, I hated. I really respect that looking back yeah. on it now because yeah. you know even back then he, he whatever he was doing he did it remarkably well oh yeah mm. and, and listen i mean the job he, he's got now mm. i get one or two people say hey marty we have a word with william regal so you can get me a trial <laughs> the answer's no mm. he tells me do i not do you know such and such about it i'll say yeah, yeah. right well i'd like to have a look at him Hmm. What's he telling me for? <laughs> but if the opportunity's there, yeah, right. Now you've got to appreciate diversion a little bit. Hmm. Everybody knows Regal, not just in this country or America, worldwide. Hmm. How many emails must he get a week, a month, yeah. a year? Yeah, and I'll guarantee you, he answers every one. Or he gets somebody to do it, but he'll wreck yeah, it. Yeah. Because he's that type of person. Yeah. And when you become a wrestler, it's very, very difficult when you're on the road mm. in my day to have a family life. Yeah. When you're at the top where you're flying here, there, and everywhere, take it from me. Even though they might be on a first class jet or whatever, whatever. Mm. No sooner have you landed, you get whisked off, you do this, you do that, you got to do the other, and then you're off to the next town. Mm. All right, the difference is we went in and clapped out car. 
they fly there and back. Yeah. Which they deserve. But yeah. they have rules and they have regulations. And if you're not there by a certain time, you're sacked. It's not as if you, you know, yeah. everything's got to be run proper. When you get that invite or whatever, you are representing the WWE. Mm. Yeah. And that's the way it is, whether you like it or not. If mm. you go with a bad attitude, or you think you're better than what you are, mm. they suss you out within five minutes. Bye-bye. Yeah. Saranada. Yeah. That's it, you've gone. So it's not an easy job. No, no. And you can see if they've got that many, that many people coming through, like, so you haven't got, well, they've got the money, but the, the, the wasting the time and the money on someone who, you know, doesn't want to put in what they should well, do. Well, no, they don't, they don't get that far because even before they sign you, mm. they have a figure that, mm. you know, don't forget all your medicals, don't yeah. forget all your transport yeah. and everything, and everything's done. The money that they... I mean, I don't know. I only believe what I see, not what I hear. Yeah. But it was something on Google last week, the top 10 earners, what they're worth. Mm-hmm. Not what they've got. Oh, sorry. Yeah. And, I mean, this is going over years as well. I don't know if it's true or not, but I went, hang on a minute. Vince McMahon, the head of the company. Mm. This AEW's come in, and it's only my opinion again. I'm mm. not saying it's good or bad, but it ain't my style at all. No. I just don't like it. And the simple reason being is what we said in the podcast. There'll be a match that's on, and they're all right, mm. right? Then all of a sudden, there's 10 of them in fighting. Yeah. And there's two people that were who was initially in there. They've slid off. They've gone. Yeah. There's no outright bad guy, good guy, people getting injured, people getting carried no. out. You know what I'm saying? Everything's kind of bleeding into one narrative. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, but that AEW, right? All right. They've got a money man behind that. But this is only reported. Vince McMahon, this is common knowledge. He's, he was there on Google. Mm. How much do you think he's worth? Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, w- I would like to say, you know, it's got to be in the billions, really, to be honest. But... 1.8 billion. Yeah. Billion. Yeah. So It's insane. But... You know, it's all the fingers in the pies. Now, mm. And then Jericho at number 10. Okay. And then somebody else and somebody else, Steve Austin, that was it. Mm-hmm. Cena. Yeah. All them people. He was talking about uh, John, uh, what's he called? Steve Austin. Yeah. Now, he's a great grafter, Steve Austin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of the angles he did and all that, yeah. right? And what he's doing now, he's got a rant there, 100 million, 100 million. And if I had 1.8 billion, mm. You could run any company in the world, couldn't you, just on the interest? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But I'll tell you what, they've got a hell of a lot to shell out because some of them talents they don't use, but they're on a contract. Yeah, yeah. This this is where it changed, didn't it? Anyway, we diversed a bit. It yeah, is, that's fine. For me, <laughs> WWE, for me, is the best company in the world. Cool. Cool, cool. I it's it's I've said this plenty of times, I think, because I this is why I'm so rooted in a particular era, the one that I grew up with, which is the 80s, 90s, to me, I I don't feel um, any era has come close to 
how good that was for me. But WWE now is almost unrecognizable. I'm not saying that it's it's a bad thing in a sense. It's just for me personally, it's it's completely away from what got me into the in, in interested in it anyway. But they have kept reinventing themselves. They kept themselves relevant. Yeah, yeah. Still now. And you know, they were the ones that got the ball rolling with the the, the no, you know, keeping the shows on with no crowds. You know, and then everyone else followed too. You know, they kept themselves going. I can't, I can't, um, I can't trash them for that. I may not be a fan of of a lot of what they're churning out, but you know, they're keeping well, themselves it's out. It's good they've kept it going because yeah. people, it's like over here, BT Studios. Mm. You know, they're doing everything right. They can't just yeah. go and train. They've all got slots. Yeah, they can train for 15 minutes. They've got to do this. Mm. And don't forget, all them people are stopping at the hotel. They can't move out. They can't do this. They can't do that. Mm. And don't forget, some of them that are there, they might be on a tryout. Or yeah. they might be asked to go and do it. They've had to go 10 days before mm. to be in quarantine for that one chance. It's true. Yeah. But I can yeah. honestly see a big boom in British wrestling again. I... Purely and simply. That, and the only thing I'm frightened of, we've had a bit of a bad publicity with all this speaking out stuff and the, yeah, yeah, all this, that, and the other. Mm. And unfortunately, society at the moment, we're getting people because they're not on any shows or they're not getting the heat, they're doing other things mm. by slagging people off, mm. by having a pop at them, yeah, having to go up promoters having to go at talent, upsetting people, mm. mental illness and things like that. Yeah. And take it from me, when I had my leg injury and you've been on your back for like eight, ten weeks, then you're on lockdown, you can't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you live on your own, it gets to you. Yeah. I've had to move a mirror that's on my wall when I'm sat here. Mm. I used to look at the wall, I could just see my head. Right. Who wants to look at my ugly head all the time? But before I knew it, I had to move the mirror up so I couldn't see myself. I was getting upset. Right. And you know about mental illness and things like that. I've got yeah. a seven-month-old grandson right. in Australia that I haven't seen or held yet. Yeah. Because I'm not allowed to travel. Yeah. But going back to what I would like to put across, I'm getting all walks alive coming to my gym. Mm-hmm. And what I believe I'm doing... I'm doing the correct way is being taught what I was taught. Mm. Wipe your feet before you get in the ring. Respect. And now it's changed a little bit now. Mm. You don't have to be a great wrestler. Mm. It helps if you look the part and you can wrestle. Mm. But they're after somebody, say, off the street. Yeah. If they're coachable, so the top coaches in this country and in the world can coach them, into what they want them to be, you mm. stand half a chance. Yeah. I mean, you'll say to me, who's my favourite wrestler? I like Randy Orton because I, I wrestled his dad once or twice. Okay, right? yeah. I like old school. Mm. But Kyle O'Reilly, whether you know that name or not, uh, yeah, he's right, he's right up my street because he gets stuck in and he makes it look good. Yeah. And any of these matches where they're depicting two people, listen to this word, having a fight. Yeah. Whether they are or not, Cesario's great. Yeah. 
AJ Styles is good. Mm. Some of these guys are coming down the ramp, clapping their hands and saying, yeah, come on. Yeah. Let's go. And I'm going, hang on a minute. How stupid do you think I am? There's no crowd there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, I, I couldn't, I mean, again, not that I've been watching much of it, but I found it really uncomfortable watching any of yeah. it without a crowd because it's just, that's the, the most important element of it, really, isn't it? It's just having that, rea- yes. that interaction. I'll swear to you, a lot of these British, a lot of these American wrestlers, mm. right? The majority of them can't do British style. No. Until Willie Regal came along and used his expertise on about getting some of these wrestlers, your Pete Dunn's, your Trent Sevens, yeah. and all these guys, mm. you know, they wouldn't be doing anything. But he saw something in them and he saw a brand that he put forward. Mm. And I'll guarantee you, when wrestling's on in Blackpool at the world famous Winter Gardens, yeah. it'll be packed out because they yeah. know they're going to get a top show. Yeah. Absolutely. And you, um, you, you sort of on about, you know, William Regal passing on his expertise, knowing that you, you were instrumental really in that he may have grown in his own way while he's been there, but you, you passed on your expertise to him early on. Yeah. But it was you got to feel quite proud. Where we was, where everybody was taught that way. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and wrestlers were taught wrestling. Mm. And that's why I say, if he came out there, you see now anybody can be a wrestler. Mm-hmm. You just go to a local school and that's it. Yeah. And unfortunately, they don't vet the uh, the trainer. Right, no. Some great trainers out there. But what have they done themselves? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And especially now, I bet you in the last week, why am I defending the business? Because I love it. Mm. Somebody was saying, oh, wrestling in Bolton for the first time ever. I got Colin Johnson ringing me up, who lives in Bolton, hmm. and he's had his leg off, funny enough, right. through wrestling. He's got a false leg on. Okay. We used to have wrestling at, at Wrighton Stadium and at the Albert Halls and places like yeah. that every week. And yeah. what another thing you don't know is all the halls we did, they weren't monthly or every three months. It hmm. was every week. Yeah. On a Wednesday, Blackpool Tower, every Sunday. Yeah. And you'd look at your date sheet and you went, oh, yes, I'm 50 miles from my house on a Sunday. (laughs) But if you didn't have Blackpool Tower, you had Cleethorpes on the pier. Yeah. Which was 140 miles each way. Yeah. And if you didn't have that, you had the dreaded Great Yarmouth in, su- in summer, 300 and odd miles each way, yeah. behind tractors and all that lot. <laughs> it's great great driving over in that part of the world. Yeah, yes. but every Monday you'd have Bradford, yeah. every Tuesday, Open Gates, every Wednesday you had this. Yeah. And I'll tell you a bit of history now. At one point, in one week, with all these shows that there was on, Dale Martins and all the promoters in Scotland and all the promoters in London Hmm. They wanted one more show, which would have been every week of the year. What they had on one Saturday night, oh, sorry, one week hmm. in a summer season, they had 52 shows in one week. Wow. British wrestling. 
Wow. They didn't have enough rings. They'd finish on the camps and they'd take the ring with them over to another show. <laughs> Unbelievable. That is, that is insane. What other country would do that, really? Yeah, yeah. But uh, listen, we're going to have to wrap it up in a little bit. But this is the floor, really. You've, you've, you've spoken so much about, um, you know, what you have done or, you know, I've, I've said what you have done for, um, for, for the new, the, you know, the, the current and the future of British and professional wrestling as a whole. Um, give a little shout out to your, your wrestling school. So, so tell everyone you know, what it is, where it is. And yeah, just, just give it a, give it a plug. Yeah, well, that's very kind of you because, you know, it's nice to get a plug in. Well, if I can, very, very quickly, I've had a couple of wrestling schools where they travel and I have been. It's not many wrestling schools I haven't been to to run my seminars. So if there's anybody out there that wants on a training night to give me a ring, I go to your place and I show them what I class a different style from everybody else that they are looking for in the WWE and places like that. And it does you good to be that word again, to be different. Mm. Now, the unique thing about my... I've always wanted to do this. When Billy Robinson, where it all started for me, I went to school in Failsworth. The gym I've got now is two miles from where I used to live. And it's in a place called Hollingwood. H-O-L-L-I-N, Wood, which is part of Oldham. And believe it or not, Johnny Saint, who's like my brother, right? Mm. My older brother, I've got to say, right? <laughs> he went to Billy Robinson's gym. Myself, Jackie Robinson, Eddie Riley, Mike Jordan. There's quite a few guys that was in the pro game that went to Billy's gym. And Billy Robinson's gym is in the next town to where my gym is now. Right. So we're bringing wrestling back to an area of Manchester. That's the first goal. Cool. Then we got hit by the pandemic, so we haven't really been training, only for the elite wrestlers, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, the good thing is I'll be putting shows on and I'm press, pressing it forward. Anybody can come down. When I say that, it's open 24-7, but you will be shown my way, the right way, mm -hmm. or it's the highway. It's simple as that. If you think you can do, if you can do the job, but mm -hmm. well, there's a golden opportunity there. And if you are good enough, and we get you on some shows, and you travel mm -hmm. the country, not yeah. easy. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I'm trying to do whatever, and I'm doing all right. I do seminars. Mm -hmm. And I'm associated now very quickly with about 15 other wrestling schools worldwide. Going to Australia, we've got America, we've got uh, Finland, Italy, all the European countries. Oh. And what they're going to do when they can fly in, down the pandemic again, mm -hmm. they're going to fly in. They'll stay with me over the weekend. We do training seminars, me, Johnny Saint, and all the world of sport guys right. who are still keeping an interest in the business. Wow. Right? Yeah. And then, we, and then we'll do a trainee show at night, so we'll have a show where the public can come in. Cool. So we're hopefully getting them on the ladder. Yeah. And that's what I'm, I, I like doing. That's what I'm proud to do. And if one makes it, 
Like I said, okay. I'm going to name a few. Go ahead. Saxon Uxley, mm -hmm. who you, you know who he is. Yeah. That Ridge Holland, who was uh, Luke Menzies. Yeah. These girls, and we do girls as well. I've got some fantastic talent there at the moment that are just on the verge. There's a girl called Rio who's been resting a while, but she's, even if you've been in the business, mm. you can better your journey. Yeah. If you're starting out in the business, start it with us. And we, I don't mind if you come from another wrestling school or whatever, but it's always good to learn everybody's thing. And mm. I, all I can say, I've been there, I've done it, so there ain't a problem. And that's it. Brilliant. No, I'm. This and if is... you look on if you look on yep. Facebook or wherever, mm -hmm. just look up the squared circle. We're on there, and even if you want to come down and just have a look at the place, um, it's one hundred and seventy-five thousand square feet. But we share it. The council on it. There's a boxing gym. There's weightlifting. But when I have my sessions, nobody's there at all. Right. But these guys there. That I think and girls, I, I, have you done any podcasts with any of my crowd? I haven't. No, I haven't had no. many many British. Um, yeah, any from the British side of things. To be anyway, but, the good yeah. thing is they're all enjoying it as well, and I'm just mm. trying to get them on the ladder and pass a little bit back. And it, yeah. it's overwhelming for one or two of them because Johnny Saint will be there, awesome, and Colin Johnson will be there the people that have been on World of Sport. Yeah. So they've got the opportunity. These guys come for nothing. They don't get paid. Mm. And they give their opinion, do this, do that, because they want to be part of it. Mm. So, so on that note, you've run a very good podcast. I hope you get a lot of success. <laughs> no, seriously, you get some you. people that, what's he like? Yeah. How do you get on with him? Yeah. What do you think to him? What do you think to him? Yeah. Now then, I'm going to go back to the one question that you didn't answer. <laughs> what match sticks out in your head? Um, so it might be a bit of an odd one, but the one that really made my childhood was the um, the Iron Man match from WrestleMania 12 for Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels, because they were my two throughout the yeah. 90s. They were my top two. and um, Two unbelievable yeah. talents. Mm. Now, Shawn Michaels is responsible... Okay, hmm. for the NXT UK. I didn't know that, actually. He's one of the top dogs there. Hmm. And the NXT, obviously. Yeah. Does it all this virtual stuff. Now they can watch all the training. Hmm. And they talk, they talk to each other. Johnny hmm. Moss rings me a lot. He's a great guy, right? Hmm. And Johnny will turn around and say, we've done this, we've done that, we've done character building. Oh, it's hard, and it's... We can't get him to do what you and Rock and Abe have got a match with. And then, we're like engine bracket talking about <laughs> wrestling all the time, you know? Yeah. But it, it's, it's, it's in your blood and that's it. Yeah, that's fine. Well, if there's anyone listening to this who is umming and ahhing about getting in the business, weren't too sure how to do it, but you want to do it right, then go out there and look for Marty Jones Squared Circle Wrestling School and... There we go. I think you pretty much sold it to everyone anyway throughout all of this, uh -huh. you know. So, yeah, Marty, thank you so, so much for your time. This is this has been incredible being able to talk to you. 
Um, I'm really, really grateful. Well, it's been a pleasure talking to you because, you know, I know you've got the business in art and uh, mm. I was going to ask you to get one of them guitars off the wall and uh, <laughs> play it. You know, no. I've, had some of the, I've had some of that as well with some of the wrestlers. I told you. All right. Yeah, no, no, very much well, a bedroom guitar. If we have a chance again, mm. I'll tell you about the times that everybody wants to know that I spent tagging with Andrew the Giant and all his drinking... It was on uh, me. It was on me list, but you know, yeah. yeah. But to be fair, there's a whole, there's a whole batch here. I mean, your the, the oh, guy, yeah, that's the guy your we'll time over, your time over in Japan was was one bit that I I was going to sort of ask you about. But uh, yeah, by all means, we've got to do this. We'll again. do that again. Yeah, and I'll just finish on that note. Do you remember when Andre the Giant got slammed by Hulk Hogan? Yes, I do. Well, so does every other wrestling fan in the world. Absolutely. And that's the type of thing. Be different, and it sticks in their mind. If Andre the Giant had slammed Hulk Hogan, meant mm. nothing. No. If it's the other way around, I remember mm. that. And when yeah. the ring collapsed, I remember that. People will say, Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, great match. Well, Bret and Shawn had great matches every night. They did. They did. But that, but that right, one was special. All the best but to you. Thank you, and, mate. Uh, if you're ever up in the Manchester area, give me a call, and you yourself can come and uh, do your podcast from my gym. I How's would that? love that. I would definitely add that to my list, mate. Thank Not you so much. Thank you, Martin. All the best to you, mate. And you, bud. Thank you. Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production.